Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. What's going on, children of the corn? Just Zach here, doing a little bit of a read for Manscaped here, our newest sponsor. And man, their products are absolutely phenomenal. I will say they sent me their performance package 4.0, which includes the lawnmower 4.0, which is by far the greatest trimmer I've ever used. Trims the beard, trims the body, whatever you need it for. Phenomenal. Uh, The Weed Whacker, which is the ear and nose hair trimmer. Uh, Man, it was something I did not realize I needed. So, gentlemen, if you're looking to uh, trim up a little bit, that's what I'd recommend. The Weed Whacker is phenomenal. The Crop Preserver, which is an anti-chaving ball deodorant. Does does what it needs to. That's all I'll say. Uh, the crop reviver, which is a toning spray, and then they give you some newspaper or the magic pad, as it's also known as, to be able to clean up after yourself, so we don't get yelled at. Um, Manscaped phenomenal um, products. Would highly recommend them. Um, so do yourself a favor, check Manscaped out. Um, not only males but females as well. Um, be sure to check them out and don't forget to use our promo code corn church c-o-r-n-c-h-u-r-c-h to receive 20 percent off and free expedited shipping so once again c-o-r-n-c-h-u-r-c-h corn church at manscaped.com don't forget to use our promo code 20 percent off and also expedited shipping i think i got mine in like two days so be sure to check them out um gentlemen ladies uh thanks very much and enjoy the show with aaron williams a word from our sponsor von seger designs is a small nebraska custom woodworking business making hand burned customized wood pieces to be a statement in any room Working with clients every step of the way from hand selecting the wood to customizing the design von seger designs makes the process as smooth as possible, specializing in items from themed bar carts and tables to cutting boards and signs so that you can show your team pride all year round. Show your Husker support in a unique and functional way. When you work with Von Segrin Designs, you support small businesses throughout the region. Allow Von Segrin Design to create a custom, fresh, hand-burned piece wood for your home or business. You can link up with them at V-O-N-S-E-G-G. E-R-D-N-E-S-I-1 and at V-O-N-S-E-G-G-E-R-N underscore designs. So check them out on Facebook and Twitter and uh, Instagram as well. Uh, Go Big Red and uh, let's start the podcast. tonight so y'all are stuck with me and i've got our awesome guest the one that everyone is this or you know wanting to listen to tonight and the reason y'all are joining us 
uh, Aaron Williams, former Nebraska Cornhusker. How you doing tonight, man? I'm doing good. I'm glad to be on the show. I'm under. Man, we are glad to have you. I should say I'm glad to have you here since I'm the only one here. Um, you know, it, it's always fun when we get to talk to former players that get, get to translate into the coaching side of things now. Um, you're still a pretty young cat, so are we sure the, you know, playing days are over? For me, playing days over. Um, I found peace with not playing no more, and I found a new passion in coaching. So I actually enjoy coaching more than I enjoy playing. Right. And see that a lot of guys have trouble being able to kind of find that second passion where, you know, everybody's passionate about playing the game or finds a reason to play the game, but have trouble with that second portion of life where they get to now transfer it to something else. I think that's awesome that you've got a passion for coaching. I mean, it's something you've done for a little bit now, isn't it? Um, going to this year, this will be my third year in college, my fourth year coaching because right after I finished playing ball, I coached at high school for a year. So this is probably fourth year coaching, third year of college. So it's been been a big adjustment, but it's been a great experience so far. That first year coaching out of, you know, being a ball player, because you played ball for quite some time. Your first year out, uh, how was that a tough transition for you? And it was it was super tough to the point to where I didn't know what I wanted to do. So this is how I got into coaching. So my high school coach. Um, he had called me, he was like, hey, what you doing? I was like, I'm in Atlanta right now. I was just working at the time. It was like, man, you ever, he was like, you want to come up here and help us coach? Like volunteer to share some of your knowledge? He was like, that'd be very helpful. So I just went up there, just did it for a favor. Um, I looked down the road like a month later, I started finding myself building a relationship with the kids and stuff. And then once the relationship started building, I seen the impact that a positive coach can have on a young person life. So that I kind of draw my attention, right? So I was just going to do high school ball and little league coaching, right? But my dad, he the one gave me the idea. He was like, you ever thought about just trying college coaching? I was like, no, nah, I don't even know how to get into it. So he was like, just text all your coaches that you play for and see, like, do they school have an opportunity to be a GA? I was like, what is a GA? You know, I'm like, I'm not, I'm telling him, like, I'm, I don't want to do that. I'm all yeah, right. You, you don't even think about it. You're like, well, I mean, I'm not a coordinator or anything, so I've never done it before. What do I do? You know? Yeah. So I'm like, I'm fine. Coach of high school, Louie. Like I'm fine with that. But he was like, if you're going to do it and spend the exact amount of time with the kids, he was like, you might as well try college. He was like, it's not going to hurt nothing. Then he was like, you'll be in grad school. I was like, all right. So I reached out to Dante Williams. Like me and Dante, we always like had a great relationship and we kept our relationship going. And this is the time when he was at Oregon still. So I thought I'd be coaching in Oregon for my first stop. But he ended up at USC. So, like, I had reached out to him a year prior for me even going to USC. And I just know he called me, like, one March. He was like, are you still interested in coaching? I was like, yeah. He was like, all right, they're booking you a plane ticket to come out here tomorrow. <laughs> so ever since then, I've been a coach in college. That's crazy the way that, uh, you know, those relationships that you, you cultivate over time can uh, transfer into such crazy opportunities for you like that. Uh, Dante Williams, obviously, was your, your coach at, uh, at Nebraska here. Um, what was it like being underneath him as, as, a, as a GA? Uh, it was like boot camp. Right. So I experienced a whole different side of him. But I'm grateful for the. I'm grateful for the experience. Like, he pushed me to levels that I didn't think I can go, all right? He exposed me to a different side of coaching. Like, in my opinion, he's one of the elite names in college football coaching. Like, whenever you hear about him, you're a great recruiter, developer, X, Y, Z. And, like, my first year there, I always used to be frustrated because I'm like, he always on my butt about the smallest of the smallest stuff. And I never understood it because 2020 was Kobe. It was hard. It was an adjustment. I was moving across coast, right? Everything was online. Mm -hmm. So, like, all the demands that he was putting on me, I never could understand it. And I was frustrated. I was actually was going to tell you. I actually was done with college coaching after the Kobe year. I was going to be done with it because I didn't, I didn't like it. Because to me, when I played ball and coach, it always was fun to me. It was like a stress for me. 
but that year was not a stretch reliever. So yeah, that was one of the most insane years that I think anybody that's been involved with sports has ever seen. And yes. will hopefully ever see. Yes. And then on top of that, it was him like his like it was like a true boot camp. So fast forward to 2021, right? I, I challenged myself. I personally challenged myself. Like, you know what? I'm gonna attack it this way and I'm gonna see how this year go. If I don't like it again, I'm officially just gonna be done with it. So I challenged myself and he challenged me. And it's just so crazy how the world works sometimes. So in spring ball, he started giving me like a lot of more responsibilities, not knowing where it would lead to. So like a lot of people don't know this, but after I, we won our first game, after the second game, we lost to Stanford. Clay got fired, right? They went ahead. Yeah, that, and was, that was crazy. Fast, right? It, it was crazy. So they fired Clay. Like, they fired him Monday, like, 30 minutes, probably 14 meters. Right? Well, no, and no offense. I mean, from the outside view looking in, uh, they were looking out. I'm, and I'm sure you guys felt the same way. They were looking for a reason to get rid of Clay. Uh, yes, they was, right? <laughs> I mean, let's just be honest. And let's call it what it is. Yeah, they, they was looking for a reason. So, it's crazy just how life works. So, uh, um, he got fired like on a Monday, thirty minutes before team meeting. Dante got um, promoted to the interim head coach, and when he did that, he promoted me to the corners coach. Oh wow! So it was like all of last year I was acting as the full time corner coach because he wasn't able to do it no more because he was the head coach. Yeah, and so his boot camp that he picked me through, I didn't know the reasons why why he acted and the way he carried himself and why he viewed stuff like that I didn't understand the why until I got in that position so now it's like I grew a different type of level of respect for him like a lot of times people would just like let you ease way through and don't really be on you but now like I grew some respect for him and he helped mold me into kind of the coach I'm becoming now well and I think he could probably push those buttons a little bit more for a guy like you because he was able to coach you on a football field as well and and was able to kind of get you to a certain level there and kind of seize the ability that you got as as a coach um and I think that's why he's able to push you so hard and um and, and everything that you've been able to do which you you've done a lot in in a short amount of time I mean starting just a few years ago I think it was in what 19 you you started coaching yep 19 high school coaching 19 so high school coaching to 19 to being at your, I mean, it, it'd be your second stop already in college, right? Yes. So you're at Toledo now. Yes. So first big, let's say, you know, coaching transition. What, what was that like for you? Um, it was very, very challenging at the time, but now, but now I'm grateful for it. So, right. It was challenging because, like, when the transition was happening, people was like, oh, the GAs, you know, we safe, the support staff safe. That was not the case. So everybody got fired. So everybody got let go, which which I respect that Lincoln bought in his guys. You know, that's how the business goes. But during that time, like, people think it's easy to get a job. No, that was the hardest part. I didn't get, I didn't get a job until, like, June. Oh, wow. So I was fired from, like, I got let go in December. I didn't get another job until June. Like the stuff I had lined up, it didn't go through because coach the coaching changed. A lot of coaches at different schools was moving around, moving parts. So a lot of stuff didn't fall through for me. So I didn't really get a job until June. But during that time, it makes you appreciative of stuff. It makes you look at it like, you know, a lot of people seem like, man, the season long, all these hours, this and that. But like once it's taken away from you, you're gonna miss it. So it's oh, like yeah. It makes you appreciate the small things, the stuff that you look over. It makes you appreciate it. Yeah, that's I mean, I mean, that's one of the big things that I think a lot of us overlook in these coaching changes and transitions is, you know, it, your team has a bad year and hey, they're getting rid of the coaches. Great. Hooray. Yeah, that's awesome. But it's like there, there's a lot of people behind the scenes that don't get any of the shine, but get the, the raw end of the deal. You know what I mean? Kind of like yourself. It's like kind of get the rug pulled out from underneath you. Yeah, you 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 get the way the business works, but it doesn't mean it still doesn't suck. I mean, the, you guys are still people behind at the end of the day. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean it sucks, but you know, I I say this, and I probably gonna sound messed up saying this, 
But I think it only sucks for like the support staff. It sucks because one thing I learned with the support staff going through the transition, like once they let you go, your check stopped because you're not under contract. Oh yeah, that's true. I didn't even think of that. Right. So you're not a contract. So you're not getting paid. Like Oof. versus if you like was a full-time coach and under contract, you're still getting paid if you let go. Yeah, see, that's something I even think about with the support staff not being under contract like that. I mean, these guys are signing guaranteed contracts. Yeah, so like that was like that's the hardest thing about the support staff. That's but that's what like at the time I was kind of bitter, but now I'm in a better headspace and like now I understand. So if a situation ever happened like that again, I'll already be on top of it because I was able to experience certain stuff early on in my career instead of down the line. And I'd be like, what do I do now? Yeah, you get to experience the as much as it sucks, you get to experience that real early. And then, you know, it, going forward, it's always in the back of your head, especially you've kind of been on a pretty good uphill climb at being a coach so far. So uh, let's talk about your, your new stop now, since you are somewhere else. Toledo, what's that been like since you've been there? You've been there since June, you said, right? Yes. Um, so far, it's been more than what I expected, right? Um, coming out here, I didn't know what to expect because I didn't know nobody on the staff. So I was kind of coming into uncharted territory. But now since being up here, like, I like how Jason Candle, that's the head coach, he runs the organization, right? And then I like how – I like my role in this spot. I feel like I'm able to really show and display my abilities and what I can do, right? One of my biggest things I always – like felt like people try to hold up my head a little bit. It's like I have the association with Dante, so it feel like can he do it without Dante? So now I'm I'm out proving like I can do it at a high level without Dante. So like that's one of my biggest things that's like motivating me now. Like and he'll tell you that I tell him all the time that like that's what's motivating me. And like I just like approaching each day out here as how can I help enhance and improve the team. So that's all I look at and how I can enhance and improve the guys I'm working with and the guys yeah. on the team. Well, yeah, and and you've got that expertise from, you know, working with Dante and, and working with Travis too because you worked with Travis, was he, I believe, your senior year, right? Yeah, me, me and Fish, we still talk to this day. Oh, really? That's awesome. <laughs> and, and, you know, the, the crazy thing is you had two of the, I think, two of the best – uh, defensive back coaches coaching you in your career, which I think is uh, just truly lucky. You get to pass a lot of those lessons that you've gotten from those guys to the next generation and the yeah. guys you're coaching. So what is your, what is your technical role right now? Cause I know you are a defensive GA at USC. What's and um, elevated to the C, uh, cornerback role as we were kind of talking about when Dante got elevated, what's your role at Toledo now? So right now at Toledo, like I'm the Nicholas coach. Okay. And, and I, I'm actually enjoying it a lot because now it's like I'm able to display my versatility. So it's like I'm able to show that I can work with a different position. I'm able to show that I'm wise enough and know football enough to where I know run gaps in each defense. I know fronts a little bit. And I still can apply the passing concept for technique. So, like, that's why I'm like I'm appreciative, I'm appreciative of the opportunity because now I'm able to display a whole different side of me that I haven't shown yet. Yeah, that's 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 pretty awesome. And, and I mean, plus now you're kind of working your way to where you're getting a specific position group as well, you know, just to kind of get that expertise and then kind of move up the ladder. What's the kind of end goal for you in coaching? Is it to get to the head coaching level? Is, is it is it coordinator? I mean, is there kind of a, a big picture thing that you're looking for when you're doing all this? Oh, um, right now I can give you like my five year plan. Yeah. What you got? So my five-year plan, I want to be known as one of the top defensive back coaches. After that, so like around like I'm 30, I want to be known as like the top defensive back coach. From like, like around it. 30 to 35 range, I actually do want to get the opportunity, if not, to try to be a DC somewhere. Because my goal, I always had to go is I only want to coach to 40. Okay. So yeah. And, and it's like I know it's easier said than done, but my my goal is to 40 because, like, everybody know, like, college coaches, you don't get that family time like you truly need. So it's like 
I want to put in all my groundwork and hard work from now to 40. That'd be like 15, 16 something years. Yeah. And then I want to be able to like enjoy time with my family. Cause it's like, I want to open up a business and I got my business. I did. I truly want to open up by time. Like around time around my 35 ish, 30 year range. Yep. And like just do that business. But I want to be able to spend time with my family. Like, Cause family to me means the most important thing. No, I think you've got priorities in the in the right um, in the right order, and especially to be able to have a, an end date of hey, forties forties the end date for me. That's that's then I want to kind of hit my second half and kind of enjoy everything from there. Um, I, man, I, I I think we 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 got to cheer for Toledo this year, Husker Nation. So we we got to get our guy to the next level. So don't worry, Husker Nation is going to be cheering for you, Aaron. Um, I did kind of want to take you just a little bit down memory lane um, because in nineteen when you, you know, left Nebraska for in the draft, you went to Arizona mm-hmm. for your, for a preseason camp. What was that like going to an NFL preseason camp um, with, with some pretty big names on that defensive side of the ball? Man, to be honest, looking back on it, I never really looked back on it. He just asked me, but that was a fun moment, right? Like a lot of people, but say like, like that's the most stressful time because you know you have to make the roster. Yeah, it's, it's make or break. I got to do this. I got to do it. But to me, I didn't have that approach. I went out there like I enjoy. I enjoy myself, and maybe because it's the competitiveness in me. So I went out there. Um, I said I had like a decent camp out there. I had a couple of interceptions, this and that. It just didn't work out. But looking back on it. I really enjoyed myself out there and I'm grateful to, to be able to even experience that. Cause a lot of people don't even get to experience it. Yeah. I mean, getting to play college football in some of the biggest, you know, venues uh, at the university of Nebraska, which is a gigantic brand and then getting to go and, and even participate in that preseason camp is absolutely incredible. When you were there, did you, cause I know there were guys like Patrick Peterson, Buda Baker, Suggs there. Um, what are those guys like? Just the personalities of those guys just kind of seems crazy big, except for Peterson. He seems kind of like a dialed down guy. You know, it's crazy. So you forgot one person that was there. Chris Jones was there too. I forgot about Jones. I forgot about that. Chris Jones was there. So like Chris took me up under his wing while I was out there. Cause you know, we already had a tight relationship. Yep. Yep. Right. Um, Buddha, I was able to learn from him. Right. He's a great person actually. Better than I expected he'll be. Yeah, <laughs> like sucks like every like the personality and stuff like you can oh, yeah. see the difference between the vets versus the rookies. Like the vets had more of a professional approach to it. Okay, the rookies, All right. the rookies was more like head scrubbing everywhere, <laughs> trying to make sure you walk down the straight narrow line just so you won't get cut. All type of stuff, but. <laughs> I mean, it is like, that's why I say I'm grateful to experience moments like that. Cause a lot of people don't truly get to experience it. Like it didn't work out for me, but at the same time, like I'm past that phase now. So like, I'm looking back on it. I'm grateful. Like I, that's something I can tell my kids one day. Like I still have the team picture. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's, that's the coolest thing is you got that memory and that story and that experience of being able to do it. Now I, I got to go up with a follow-up question here. Did you line up against Larry Fitz? I did not. Okay. I, I, I had to ask that question because if I'm if I'm asking you in training camp, I got to ask if you lined up against one of the greatest of all time. So I did not. Oh man, that that would be a hell of a story. Just to say, you know what? He caught a pick against me, or even better, because you're a Husker, I knew you would have got the interception. So, <laughs> um, one thing that you had brought up was was your relationship with Coach Fisher. Uh, we, we've talked to a couple defensive backs that are currently playing underneath him. He's a dude that seems to just people absolutely love him and play love playing for him. What what is it like playing for a guy like Coach Fisher? That that relationship that he kind of builds with you guys. To be honest with you, Fish has a how I don't know the best way to describe the relationship, but it's more so like Fish is very tough on you. But coming from a loving standpoint, like Fish is like the no BS coach. <laughs> Right. That's, that's what it seems like through the media, even. Yeah, like he's a he's a no BS coach. He's gonna shoot you straight, tell you how it is. Right? He's gonna be extremely, extremely hard on you. Like, I think Fish probably got softer on the guys now than when he first got up there with us, because he was extremely like we had like a love hate relationship. Right? Oh, I, I can imagine. 
but at the same time, looking back on, like I tell them all the time, like, man, I'm glad you did what you did. I'm glad, like, because fish don't treat you like a college student, right? He treats you like you were an adult already. So, like, he be on, like, accountability, X, Y, Z, he's going to be on you. But at the same time, if you're going through real life stuff, you're able to call him. And he's going to come through for you, right? Whatever, like, you need somebody to talk to, might feel the text, your girl break up to you, or, like, something going on back at home. Like, you'll be able to call him throughout the night, no matter what time it is. He'll answer, and he'll come through for you, and he'll be the show that you can lean on. So, like, that's the kind of relationship I had with Fish, right? And I think that translates over. So, like, that's how Fish is able to get his players to play hard for him is because, like, he's not one of those coaches that, like, just tell you to do stuff and not be there for you. Because, like, it's one thing I'm learning as a coach. Players know when a coach is full of shit versus nope. when the coach is genius. You're right? lying. So, like, that's one thing players, like, they know that automatically. So with fish, it's more so like, man, this man, Gene, we care for us. Like, he going to push you to be mentally tough. That's what, like, a lot of people would be like, man, fish be tripping. But really, all he doing is just pushing you to be mentally tough. And, like, coming from, like, and I think he tried to install, like, the lessons he learned as a child come from his, you know, background. So, like, yep. he give off that hard approach, but really all he's doing is building mentally tough people in that room. And that's why I think a lot of them respond well to Coach Fish. That makes sense. I mean, granted, he's put dudes in the league. He's been in the league himself. He's got the experience, but it just seems like as you kind of said, he's not full of any bullshit. He's just going to kind of feed you what it is. Yep. If you, if you can't deal with that, then you're going to probably be gone pretty quickly. Um, Speaking of that, and I haven't really talked too much about this, but you kind of brought up the no bullshit thing with Fisher. There was kind of a rash of transfers of guys coming in and then transferring out within a year. Now, it's going to be part of college football to a degree. Do you think that was part of the reason that guys transferred out was they were getting getting treated like adults for the first time? Um, It's hard to say because I wasn't there. Yeah. But one thing I can say a lot of times, it's really not that. A lot of times, especially now with college football more than ever, kids have the most opportunities ever. Mm-hmm. So it's like with the new transfer portal rule, you could transfer and don't have to sit out. So a lot of times, kids going places and they like, if they not playing right away or stuff like that, they just going to leave, whether it's going good for them, whether it's going bad. They'll just end up leaving and try to go to a situation where they can play right away. Like, for example, I know, like, a ton of kids who might leave a Power 5 organization because they're not playing, and they'll settle for a smaller school just so they can play, right? Versus I know kids who leave a Power 5 organization because they're not playing and don't get picked up anywhere from another school. Yeah, they're just sitting in the portal. It's it's really damn common. So it's like a lot of it, I think – it's the new wave of kids, I say. Like, a lot of kids these days, they want to come in and they want to play right away. Like, a lot of kids in this generation feel entitled, right? Yeah, so, you, ain't, you ain't wrong. So, with the entitlement, it's like, if I'm not playing, then they're going to be like, man, I'm leaving. It, it, it is what it is. So, it's like, that. that's dealing with a lot of actually, in my opinion. And then on top of you dealing with, like, NIL, so people come with money, this and that. So it's kind of it's kind of a crazy time in college football right now. It's kind of it's kind of crazy. Like one of the kids that I, I know that left Nebraska was Ronald Delancey. Oh yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah, I think he went to uh, he went I to actually, Toledo. Yeah, I actually coach him now. And like, yeah. Okay. He's a phenomenal kid, right? I think so it was just I, a bad bad fit, and just you know, it just like you kind of said with uh, Arizona, it was just not a good fit. And I was just going to say that because I don't, like, just me being around the kid, I never asked him why he left Nebraska. I know he went there because we talked, yeah. right? Of course. I never asked why he left, but just me knowing the kid, he's a competitor. He has a desire to learn. And, like, I think he's a good football player. 
Oh yeah. And I mean, hell, that's a great gift. That's a great gift for you guys up there. Yeah. I just think, you know, it's just kind of one of those things. Unfortunately, it just didn't work it out. Just didn't work. And a lot of times that's how like a lot of kids is too. So like sometimes like it just don't work. So for example, right. I'm just going to give you a little insight. Yeah. Like, one of my like recruiting philosophy or coach philosophy is this. I never want to over recruit my room. So what I mean by that is like, I don't want to have 10, 12 guys in my room. That's all good. Right. Because at the same time, like it looked good on paper. Yeah. Yeah. It looks great. Now, but now, now I have 12 personalities and attitudes to deal with because everybody going to feel like they want to play. Right. And they deserve to play because they feel entitled. That's true. So we all know times, football players are divas. You got to You got to manage those egos. <laughs> yeah. So a lot of times kids transfer because it's like, I'm good. Well, I'm just as good as this kid, but I'm not getting as much snaps I want. So it's like, I don't want to be a counselor. I just want to go somewhere and play. So there's a lot, it's a lot that go into, there's a lot that go into it. Well, yeah. And it, it's never, it's never a linear thing where it's okay. This happened. So this happened, you know, it, it's always, there's different circumstances and different things like that. As a coach with NIL and everything going on now, I mean, you got to be kind of happy to see athletes finally getting paid due, right? I, I think it's a good thing. I think it's a gift and a curse. So I think it's a great thing that a lot of athletes can make money off their name, image, and likeness. I think that's a great thing. But at the same time, it's like, I think it's a curse because a lot of these kids going through this process and like, you go back to the entitlement part again. They feel entitled, so they feel like every I should get the NIL. Everyone should get NIL. And then also it's another crisis because a lot of people or schools or programs, however they're doing that, right, they offering kids a dollar amount and not delivering on that dollar amount. Yeah, we've seen that a couple of times with, with some uh, schools where it's like, yeah, they signed the contract, they did this, but but there's no payout. Like, so, ooh. That's more coming. That's more coming than a lot of people think. So like that's so now it's like, okay, that's the curse behind it. But I'm all for it because one thing I learned, like, football doesn't last for everybody. So if you're able to make money while you're in college, there's no guarantee you'll get picked up in the NFL. So now when you transition into the next phase of your life, you're not starting all the way back over at zero. At least you have some leeway room if you saved budget or made just enough money to where like once you get your degree or finish college however it go for you and you don't make it to leave you don't be zero dollars and now you gotta think irrational you're able to okay i got some money now i can make smart decisions about how i want to approach my next phase of my life so that's how i look at it and that's why i think that's a great thing because like a lot of us before in our like if you didn't make it to leave you probably graduate, you graduated, but you probably didn't have a lot of money to no money to your name. So now you in the real world. And one thing I learned from Dante, this is what I learned from Dante. People don't care about grown men. So it's like, that ain't the truth. <laughs> so it's like, now you're in the real world and life is hitting you. And you know you have real responsibilities. So it's like, what you gonna do? And that's why, a lot, uh, that's why you see a lot of athletes sometimes, you be like, what happened to him? Um, the question is life happened because <laughs> it, it's so cliche to say, but it's like when life, like life happened and wasn't nobody there to help guide them. Cause once again, don't nobody care about grown men. They look at, they look at men like you supposed yeah, to you'll figure it out. You'll be all right. Yeah. Like you, like you'll figure it out. You'll be all right. But one thing like I learned and like just shedding light on what I'm going to do when I'm 40. Like a lot of times, like athletes, especially athletes, it's kind of a messed up profession. Athletes, you own a schedule for your whole life, for one, right? Once you off a schedule, you don't know what to do. So it's like you play ball, school, ball, school, ball, school your whole life. Like and a lot of times athletes get caught up in that world that they don't spend the extra hours or go to extra clinics, seminars, because there's so much there. extra that you can do out there, but it's just like you said, you're regimented and your time is so minimal that you have for other things. Yeah, so you can't go to you can't go to career advancement things to help you start getting ideas or start planning what you will do if the NFL don't, what you will do after ball. So like one thing that I'm gonna like what I'm gonna do with my organization is like 
provide opportunities for like athletes to get exposed to the real world, whether through internships, having somebody come talk to them or, you know, just small stuff like that. So they can already start having a plan B. So that's like, that's the biggest thing. That's why I think NIL would be helpful because now it's like, it'll give them a little time to figure it out if you do right with, you know, with the situation. Yeah. And especially, I mean, even if any, anything that you're given with NIL, I feel like if you have the right people in your corner, um, you can make a pretty big difference in your future or someone else's future. But I think the problem is, is, is just like with these big contracts that guys were getting in the league, there was nobody helping really kind of guide them in the right direction with the money. It was just, Hey, you've never had anything. Here's all this money now figure it out. I mean, you're going to make bad decisions. It's just, yeah, it's just the way it goes because you've never had anything. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. You go from nothing to everything. Then yeah, you're you're just going to kind of blow money. And it's unfortunate because that's why you see these guys broken three years. Yep. And it's awful to see because it's some of the best athletes. I mean, some of the names that you see pop up in crazy rings. Now it's like, man, I remember watching him as a kid and it's, it's crazy to see, but um, just kind of, I want to do a little bit of a shift with you real quick um, with Nebraska uh, and still keeping in contact with Fisher and different things like that. Um, have you kind of taken a look at the defensive back room that they've got up in Lincoln right now? Yeah, I've been paying attention to Nebraska. They're, they'll tell you like, yes, he did see like, I'm a dog heart Nebraska fan. So like, I'll probably watch every game. I, I still be like in tune. So last year was just as tough on you, huh? Yeah, like, since since my senior year, it's just been tough. It didn't, it didn't <laughs> I was gonna say because yeah, actually, you played in the last bowl game that Nebraska was in. Yeah, it's, so. been, it's been brutal right now. <laughs> it's 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 been tough for fans and and alumni alike. Um, what what do you think of that defensive back room? What they've got? They, I mean, there's a ton of talent on front line and and, and behind them, but he got a lot of dudes fighting for a few spots. Yeah, you know what's crazy? So I've been looking at it, right? And it's a lot of talent there, but it's yeah. a lot of unproven talent. In That's my the thing opinion. is you got a lot of potential. It's a lot of potential there, right? Um, a guy that I'm high on is Miles Farmer. Yes, Farmer's, oh. a, farmer's a dude. I'm high. I'm, I'm extremely high on him. Like, I like how you play the game. Yeah. Right? I like how you play the game a lot. Um, but I think that group, and I know Fish, that group, it's unproven, but he creates like a competitive challenge mindset within that room. So it's like whoever is going to be on that field, they know they have to get a best because if not, somebody else going to come in, they're going to be just as hungry and want to get a best because it's like it's like a competitive edge in that room. But it's like brothers, like it's brothers. So it's like a family environment. So you know how like, you have a brother, I want to oh, yeah. be my brother, I want to be – but it's, it's love between y'all, but it's like, I want to be better. So, like, fish create that type of environment in the room. So, like, that the talent is in there. It's unproven. But I just feel like this the year that everything's going to come together. I don't know yeah. why, but I feel like this this the year. It, it kind of feels like it doesn't. Like, we've been, we, we've been waiting on this year to kind of have everything kind of pop for us. And I, I've kind of felt the same way, too. Um it just feels like there's something brewing down there in Lincoln. And, you know, it sucks that they lose Cam Taylor Britt because he was a really fun player to watch and super talented at that corner spot, making moves up in uh, Cincinnati's uh, training camp right now. But from what it sounds like, they've got their three guys with Hill, the uh, transfer from Arizona State, who, yep. ooh, he's physical. Yes. Um, uh, I think it's Braxton Clark and then Quentin Newsom are your, are your top three that they're looking at. For me, I think that's a pretty stacked lineup at corner. I I, I think so too. I'm I'm in agreement. <laughs> so I think, I think they can line up with hard. just about anybody in the Big Ten. You know, I think physically they are talented as, as the Ohio State. They can line up and play against the Ohio State guys. Now those receivers are absolutely freaks. Uh, that's a different level. But I feel like they can line up there, and I feel like they're going to be competitive with every wide receiving core that they go up against. Now they're replacing a lot at safety. You got you're gonna have brand new starters at safety for the first time, and it seems like three or four years. Mm-hmm. That's the only that's the only part that I'm kind of a little nervous about. I think Farmer takes one spot. I just don't know who takes that other spot. 
And you know it's crazy? I don't know who take that spot either. But the thing about it is, a lot of those guys, they've been there for a minute. So they should have been able to learn and understand, and we should be able to see growth. Like, I mean, they play behind guys like Deontay Williams, Marquez Desmuke. And, and like Williams that. and Desmuke were just so knowledgeable of the game. So great teachers, it seems like. Yes. So it's like they should have they should have been able to learn up under those guys. So it's like the knowledge part is there. Like former, he has some like in-game experience. But I mean, a lot of it, in my opinion, like this first game, like against Northwestern, I think that's gonna be a great learning experience. But I think it's gonna be great because I know I'm gonna sound crazy, but since they playing since they playing across the country, I feel like that should put their mind at ease because, like, it's not going to be like Memorial Stadium. Memorial yeah, you don't. Stadium. Have to, you're not playing in front of you. You're you're not in your your venue. Yeah, so you know Memorial Stadium going to be sold out. Game one is going to be crazy. So like that could kind of frighten somebody new who hasn't played. But since you're going over there, it's like I look at it like this is my warm up game. Like they should treat that like this is like a scrimmage in practice. Yes. This is going to be dialed in and focused. Like it shouldn't be any nervousness. That and that's and that's kind of what it seems like. And and it's just like if we can get y'all guys just to dial in and just concentrate on this game, talent wise, come on now, it's Nebraska Northwestern. I I feel like it should look similar to last year. Man, I'm gonna tell you something about Northwestern. Right? I, I hate, I, I hate watching Nebraska play them. <laughs> I was just saying, I'm agreeing with you with Northwestern. We should that's that should be a win because. Nebraska has a more talented roster, and that will forever be true in college football, no matter what year it is. But that's always a game that, like, that's a grit game because Northwestern, oh, yeah. I can't say they're they're a gritty team. Like, they don't have like the explosive power on offense, this and that. But they defense play hard, no football. Yeah, they're they're a team that's just gonna thump you, and they're gonna <laughs> they're, they're not gonna make a mistake, and they're gonna exactly. say we're gonna let you make a mistake. Yeah, so like them always like trap games, but talent wise, oh, uh, that's a no brainer who has the better talent. Exactly, and that's but it's just like it's just watching those those teams coached by Fitzgerald. It's like he's gonna pull something off because he always does. Yeah, you can't underestimate them teams. What? So you played in the Big Twelve and then the Big Ten, and I I I've got this, and I think maybe one more question. I'll let you get on with your night. What's what is one team that you loved playing against, and one team you hated playing against? All right, one team I love playing against. Ooh, I love playing against Wisconsin. Really? I love Wisconsin. Like that game right there, it was like a different feeling for that game. Like I know Iowa's the rivalry, but no, but to me, Wisconsin. That when I was there, that always felt like the rivalry. Like I always felt like if we beat Wisconsin that would have put us in the Big Ten Championship every time because that would have been all the momentum we needed to get over Iowa. Yep, it seems like that was the case when you were there. That was the case with Wisconsin was kind of the, the the program to knock off. It still feels like it is, even though Iowa's had a little bit more success, it seems like, lately. Yeah, Iowa has. So it's like the games we used to look forward to, I'm not going to lie, it was that what I look forward to was that Wisconsin game. Like, I, I love playing against Wisconsin, like, it was a big stage. They always used to be ranked, right? It just that just was always the most funnest game that like to go against. And well, they're always talented, man. They always got dudes just popping up, and it, it and it always was a challenge. So it was like I love that game. Now a game that what was the next part of your question? Well, so one team that you loved playing against, and one team you hated playing against. All right. So the team I always hated playing against. That's a hard one. I don't know. Hold on. That's a tough one because you got a lot of guys that, that have their teams that they love, but the teams are it's 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 either a team you hated playing against or a team that that gave you a lot of problems with what they ran scheme wise. Man, that's hard because I never truly thought about it. I never had a team that I truly hated playing against. Um, is there a game that I'm I'm gonna make you do this? Then is there a game that sticks out in your head? Since I brought up the, you know, what what team you love playing against, is there a game that sticks out in your head that was like, man, I that was a bad game by me? Oh, I had a couple bad games. <laughs> What's one that sticks in your head to this day? Uh, is there one? Yes, it was one game. I, 
I stuck up the field. And I think it was against Northwestern, if I want to say. It so, just seems like North, the Northwestern up. game is just a game where it's like. I think we played them at Northwestern. Which I, is I tough, we, too, because that stadium sucks. I think we won. I think it was my senior. I think we okay. won. Okay. I'm not sure, it. but it's like I stuck up that game. I, I, I personally remember I stuck it up that game. I don't know what it was. Like, that game, I stuck it up. So I can't I do remember that. And I'm pretty sure it was them my senior year. I, I was gonna say Northwestern's just a game where it's like no matter how talented you are, how good you are on the field, that game just slows down to a grind and, and it's it's just a slow game. There's nothing you can do about it. You know what? It was that game. I did stink it up. It was that game? <laughs> I thought about so, it. Sorry to bring up that bad memory. No, it's all right. Man. I stunk it up. <laughs> I ain't gonna lie to you, I stunk it up. You know it is what it is. We've all we've all got those games as athletes that stick with us. We're like, oh, that sucked, but it kind of is what it is. One last question I'm gonna ask for you for the night: What is well? I'm gonna ask you too. Nebraska's record and then Toledo's record. Uh, it's gonna be hard for me to predict Toledo's record. I know it is. I know it is. So that's that's what I was like. Ah, that's not really fair to ask in that one. So I'll give you a mulligan there. But what do you got for Nebraska's record? Uh. They should win, in my opinion. They should win by nine, ten games. I like it. I like it. I got them at eight for the year, um, but I said that their ceilings in. If I, I, I think a, that they could win it. They could win eleven. You know, I got them more than eight, and the reason why is because I feel like there's new energy around their program. Like, yeah, it, it seems like it. From everyone we've talked to, it just seems like it's revitalized. It's different. You know. Yeah, it's like. It's like new positive energy, like not just energy, but like positive energy. Like one thing I feel like Nebraska been missing for a minute, and since I'm on the coaching side, I'm speak for coaches first. Yeah, I feel like they've been missing like an energetic coach. Yep, and it, they 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 got a couple now. <laughs> they got a couple down there. Yeah, so it's like I feel like for one, that's what they've been missing for a while, like a good energetic coach. Um, for two, I feel like they have revamped their roster. So it's like, yep. it's like they got a new quarterback. I love Adrian. Don't get me wrong. I love Adrian. But sometimes in life, when things get very toxic, it's time for a change. For both Thank you. Thank you. For both like, sides needed it, unfortunately. Yeah, like, and I'm like, and I'm like one of the biggest fans of Adrian ever. I promise you. Because like his first Oh, year, I absolutely loved Adrian. I love Adrian. So, but it's like when things get toxic on both sides, it's time for it's time for a change. Like, and I feel like that's going to enhance everything. Yeah. I'm going to be cheering for that dude this year. I hope he does phenomenal over at K state. I have no, absolutely no ill will toward Adrian. Um, yeah. It's just, it was, it was time for a divorce there. And yeah. I, I think for both sides, it's going to be better. Yeah. Like even like you look at it, like they got a quarterback, he's proven. So yep. that's going to be a positive. It's not like they, like they got a quarterback that's proven. So that's a positive. Then on top of that, you look at the receiver. One thing I always felt like our receiver production as a group hasn't been there. I don't know where it's been, but like I look it wasn't back, there. <laughs> yeah, like I look back at my times, you always had like the Kenny Bills, them, the Alonzo Moores, the Jordan Worst accounts, the DPs. Yeah, you had Wiley. some dudes there. You had like the Stanley Morgan, them crowd, like him and JD, like. My last year go for like nine thousand yards. They're like <laughs> lately, it's like Nebraska only had probably like one true receiver. Mm-hmm. So this it's like, last, last, I mean, this this year it seems like they finally got like five dudes there. It's like it's like it's back it's back being a a group now. Exactly, it's not one dude. It's it's a group, and Mickey's got those dudes that seems like tuned up where they need to be. So it's like I feel like that's gonna be another. Like, that's going to be another positive. Because like, one of my things, like, I'd be disappointed in looking at the game. It's like, uh, we didn't throw the ball past 20 yards. <laughs> like, we couldn't do like, – we couldn't complete a deep pass consistently. Like, we ain't going to beat nobody. <laughs> yeah, if you can't stretch the field, it's hard, to, yeah, it's hard like, to do anything. But now it seems like we can stretch the field. So, it's like – I feel like – that's why I say I think they can win, like, Nine, ten games. You look at you look at the schedule. I think they should be undefeated going into Oklahoma. Yep. And I think they should beat Oklahoma this year because Oklahoma going through a coaching change. Like they're going through the same thing Nebraska went through. 
Yeah, they going. So they they replaced the headman too. Yeah, I was gonna say they going through a true culture change, like from the headman to everybody. Yeah, they getting rid of everybody. And they getting a new quarterback. Like yep. that's the biggest thing. So it's like it's new pieces. So I think that should be able to. And then it's gonna be in Memorial Stadium. Yep. So I think I, they can heat them up. Yeah. So I think like that's gonna be. I think they should be able to get past it. If they get past that, that should be all the momentum they need to push through. That's 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 the light, the you know the the match is gonna light the fire. I think. And like you got good, in my opinion, you got good some good warm up games. You got Northwestern, then you come back with North Dakota. Yep, then and then Georgia Southern. Georgia Southern, like, and like my man's Clay down at Georgia Southern, but that's like a, that's a change. Yeah. Like, oh he's yeah. Changing a whole office around. Yep. And you got it, Will Harris down there at the DC, so he's changing. He implementing his new defense. Yeah. It it's like. It's, Gonna be tough on them. <laughs> yeah, so it's like you got three warm up games to get right, and everybody clicking for Oklahoma, and like it should be boom. You get through them. I think that's every. I think that's like. I think that's what Frost missed. That's the mojo he's missed to get going. Yep, I think that's that's the what he's been talking about. That break, the thing he needs to get everything set off. I I honestly think that it's these first three games this year. Yeah, I'm in agreement. I think once we get that, we're, we're gonna be happy. Um, I I think I think closer to you we're gonna be maybe nine hopefully ten wins this year so um Aaron I I'm gonna let you get going here my man uh appreciate you coming on with me tonight you got anything else you want to say to Husker Nation before I cut you off man Husker Nation is always a pleasure talking to you um I'm grateful for the time that I was there you know y'all always show great great support and y'all forever will show great support to the program so I mean I'm I'm like y'all now. I'm a diehard fan too. So. <laughs> That's <laughs> so, the best thing about it. Now you're one of us, right? Yes. Yeah, so like I'm a no matter where I'm at, who I'm coaching for, I'm still a diehard fan too. So I'm just grateful for the time and how y'all embraced me and how y'all embraced everybody there through the good and the bad. So it's like I'm just thankful. Yeah, man, we, it was it was a pleasure watching you play. Um, you know, I think you played it, forty-seven games is what you started. Craziest thing was you were the sixth defensive back in Nebraska history with two hundred career tackles. I don't know if you knew that one or not. Yeah, um, but out all the um, kind of elite DBs and everything, you're one of those. And then another crazy stat: you were the fifth freshman since World War II to start a season opener. I didn't know that either. Crazy little stats that I was able to kind of find um, about your playing career here in, in, in Lincoln. So, um, Aaron, thanks so much for coming on with me tonight, my man. Um, good luck in Toledo this year. Um, we'd love to have you back on a little bit later on after the season, midseason or anything like that. If you'd love to come back home, we'd love to have you and kind of check on, see how your season's going, my man. I will. Thank you for having me on. Hey, not a problem, my man. Thanks very much. I uh, appreciate it. And we will talk to everybody later. Have a good night, everyone. Members of the congregation, let's raise our Kool-Aid filled glasses and drink to all the things that were, are, and forever will be Nebraska Cornhuskers. Go Big Red.